two boys were spending the night at Grandma's. It's a week before Christmas, so you can imagine that they were a little bit excited. At bedtime, the boys knelt down by their beds to say their prayers. Aren't they good boys? The youngest began praying at the top of his voice. I pray for a new bicycle and a new Nintendo and a new television. His older brother, a bit confused, leaned over and said, Why are you praying like that? God isn't deaf. The little brother replied, No, but Grandma is. (laughs) It's Christmas again, chaps, just in case it's uh, uh, passed you by. Christmas is coming, that means presents to buy, turkeys to cook, sprouts to force down small children's faces, carols to sing, tea towels to buy and be worn, trees to decorate. It's Christmas. I'm excited. We're starting today uh, this series uh, that you would have read about hopefully in the grapevine and on the website. It's called Chris Riskmas. And today we're beginning by thinking about God revealing the risk. We're kicking off by thinking about the risk that God took by sending Jesus to this world. And lots of our songs have picked up that theme today. It's reminded us of the story that we celebrate at Christmas. It's reminded us that God sent his son. And we're going to think about the fact that that was a little bit of a risk. You might find it helpful to have your Bibles open to uh, the passage we had a while ago, but most of it will be on the screen. But it will help us ground a little bit about what we heard uh, read to us. And there's one hugely significant phrase that pops up a lot in that Bible passage. God is love. God is love. It's there twice in this Bible passage, in uh, in verse 8 and verse 16. God is love. What kind of love? A deep love, an amazing love, an incredible love, a perfect love, a reaching out love, a forgiving love, a unique love, a longing love, a significant love, a life-changing love. We've seen that today. It's a love that is unlike any other love that you will know about. Think for a moment about who you love most. Who do you love most in the whole world? Maybe it's the person sat next to you. Maybe it's someone at home. Maybe it's someone uh, who uh, lives further away, a parent, a child, a friend, a spouse. Who do you love most? And now imagine that a million times over, that love that you have for that person. Imagine that even more. That's how much God loves us. Nothing can stop God loving you. He always will. He always has. He is always there. And even more than that, because God loves us, he actually quite likes us as well. That's nice, isn't it? If you want to hear more about that, come tonight. We're going to think a little bit more about that up in the halls. God loves us and likes us. And he doesn't sit in heaven with his hands in his face, being disappointed when we do things wrong. He's always seeing the best in us, longing for us to live for him and be involved in our lives. 
It's an interesting position stood up here. You might think I'm concentrating on my notes, but I'm watching you, really. You see, when I say love, all you women go, ooh, we like love, don't we? Yeah, we like it when someone buys us a bunch of flowers to say we love, we're loved. We like it when they make us a cup of tea first thing in the morning, hint, hint. Um, you know, we, we like love, us girls. But you boys, all of you are a little bit more love, fluffy. I forgot Valentine's Day. Is it her anniversary? Has she paid Claire to remind us? You know, love for boys, is this maybe just me, is a bit harder to engage with. And what's interesting about God's love is it's none of those fluffy flower-buying love things. It's a different kind of love. It's a deep love. And as we think about the risk God took for us, actually, that reminds us that it's not a girly love. It's a manly love, a sacrificing kind of love. I'd like you just to talk to the person next to you for one minute. I hope you like them. Can you think of any films that you might have seen recently or in the past that show deep love? A film that you have seen that shows deep love. I'm going to give you a clue, for I've got one here that might help you. If you've seen Gladiator, uh, which I'm sure many of you have, it's a bit of an old film now, I'm sorry, but there is deep love in Gladiator, not between the gladiator and the tiger he's fighting, but there is deep love between him and his family that he has lost. He is longing for them. He loves them in a very deep way. Go, you've got one minute. Name some other films. Okay, I said you only had a minute. Anyone want to tell me a film they've seen where there shows great love? You obviously were all animated. Anyone? Julie. A Beautiful Life. Very topical. Hang on, have a microphone. Uh, it's about um, the Holocaust. I don't know if anybody's seen it. It's a few years ago now. And um, a father and son end up in the concentration camps. And the father pretends it's a game to protect his son, even when he's shot. He pretends it's a game to protect his son from the trauma of it. Deep love. Thank you. Thank you. I had a, a war-related one, which I'll come back and press the button for. I don't know if anyone's seen Saving Private Ryan or A Bridge Too Far. I've seen both of those recently. And again, related to the war theme of the love that soldiers had for each other that meant they wouldn't leave them behind, that meant they would search them out. I had another one, a more recent one. Bruce Willis, Die Hard 4, muscle T-shirts. Who whistled? (laughs) I think it was a boy, I'm worried. Right. I don't know if you've seen it, but he has great love for his daughter that means that he searches her out when she's been uh, taken hostage. These kind of loves, right, aren't fluffy. If you've seen Died Half Four, there's nothing fluffy about that film. Uh, Or A Bridge Too Far, or uh, uh, any of the films that you guys thought about. Actually, the love that God has is not fluffy, is not girly, it's sacrificial, it is deep, it is powerful. It has done an incredible thing to show us how much we are loved. God loved us so much, it says in Romans. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ. And that is a huge sacrificial kind of love. We'll see a little bit more in a moment. Because you see, this love that God had, this really deep, powerful, strong, life-changing love 
was completely rejected by the ones that he had created. There's a problem. There's a problem. And that problem was in that passage. This is love, not that we loved God. The problem is, right, God created us. He made us. He loves us. He made us perfect in his image like some of the things we've already said today. But we didn't love him back. That intimate relationship God was offering, it just wasn't enough for us in some ways. It wasn't worth the effort required. The whole of the Old Testament, if you read it, shows us points again and again and again, story after story of God's people rejecting his love. We rejected that love that God had given us. But God, at every point in the Old Testament and every point uh, since, still saying, you might have rejected my love, but I still love you. I still love you. And so we come to the solution, and, and the solution for God was hugely risky. Hugely risky. It was a risky solution. There was only one thing left You see, he tried shouting from the hilltops that he loved his people. He tried showing them wonders and miracles. He tried providing for all their needs. He tried to get them out of a pickle. He showed them his faithfulness. He'd even got angry with them a few times because he loved them so much. And yet, they still rejected him. And there was only one solution left. And it was a risky one. One that involved great sacrifice. This is how God showed his love amongst us. He sent his one and only, his one and only son into the world that we might live. He risked his only son to show you and me how much he loved us. Can you imagine the, heaven, the uh, conversation God the Father and Jesus had in heaven just before he was about to come to earth? It probably went something like this. Okay, Jesus, this is the only way. We've tried everything else. Just stick to the plan. I'll be there for you, but you're going to face some really hard times. Lots of times where you're going to be vulnerable. Lots of times where you feel like you're banging your head against a brick wall. But go. This is the only way. And so Jesus came as a baby born to this earth, as a love gift to us, to show us how deep God's love for us is. And it was risky. Well, it was risky because it involved quite a few physical risks. Babies are very vulnerable. We've got a newborn over there. Karen and Chris are here with their little boy. He can't do much for himself. He can't do anything for himself. The bags under the eyes probably suggest it. We've got a newborn in here reminding us that Jesus was born as a baby. And it's a vulnerable state, a risky state to be born in. The king of heaven became a baby. He was completely vulnerable. Also, though, he was born to some risky parents. If you were God the Father sending your son to earth, you'd probably want to send them to somebody with a little bit of experience who'd maybe looked after 12 kids before, fostered 50, and, uh, you know, knew what parenting was about. But he didn't, and he couldn't. He had to send them to teenage 
parents without a manual to say, this is how you change a nappy. He trusted his son to very risky parents. In Luke 1, 48, it says, uh, Mary says, uh, it's talking about Mary, sorry, for he took notice of his lowly servant girl. You see, she wasn't an educated lady. She didn't have experience of raising children. She was maybe 15 at the most. It was an awesome responsibility to bring up God's son. They were risky parents, and there were risky times as well. We read uh, in Matthew of how risky it really was with Herod, the king of the time, saying, I am going to kill all the firstborn boys of this town because I don't want them to survive. God sent his son at a risky time to a risky place, and it was difficult and hard. But even more than these physical risks, which there are more, I've just brought three up, there was a huge emotional risk for God. You see, this was his ultimate, ultimate plan. But there were no guarantees that it was going to work. You see, his people could still reject his love. Have you ever, maybe not now but in the past, fancied someone and never wanted to tell them? It's just me then confession time. His name was Sexy Bacon Boy and uh, I worked in an indoor market in Bath and he was called Sexy Bacon Boy because he had curly blonde hair, equal sexy, and therefore uh, worked on a bacon stool. You get why he was called that now. Good, right. He was gorgeous. I worked in the bakery opposite and uh, I used to find lots of excuses to buy bacon (laughs) I'm quite creative, actually, when I want to be. I really liked him. And what was even more annoying was I discovered he was a Christian. Oh, dear. He had big blue eyes. I remember him well. Did I ever tell him that I liked him? No. The length of our conversation went for, how much is the bacon today? That was about it. I'm obviously the only one who's felt this complete yearning to tell somebody that they like them. But I didn't. I knew him for four years. Never told him. Never told him I liked him. Why? Why? Fortunately for Rich, because because I didn't want to risk being rejected If I was rejected and he said no, I would have to leave my job. There was no way I was staying there. I would have to deal with the fact that he didn't like me and probably thought I was ugly. You know, there were so many things that were stopping me telling him that I actually really quite liked him. God knew, knew that we still might reject him. He knew that his name might not come out looking good. He knew that the people he loved so much might still say, I don't care about you, God. I'm going to carry on living my own way. He knew all of that risk, and yet he still took it. 
He still sent Jesus. He still said, I'm going to show this world that I love them, even if they continue to reject me. Even if they continue to reject me. God came to show us. I'm going to just skip over this. Show us that he loved us. God came despite all of the risks involved to say to you, I love you. And uh, this Bible passage here is what we've seen in action today. Tom and Catherine have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Saviour of the world. That's what they've done today. They've told us and said to God, I recognise you as Lord. I recognise that you came to show me how much I am loved. And the promise goes, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And we can rely on the love that God has for us. What an amazing promise. You see, the problem is, many of us are still rejecting God. All over the world we see areas uh, uh, where people are rejecting God and saying, no, I'm not recognising that you love me. Some of us don't even know that God loves us because we've never heard that. All over the world people are rejecting God, maybe even people in this room today. But Tom and Catherine's testimony stands tall to say they recognise the risk that God has taken. They recognise that God loved them so much that he was willing to take, send his only son to this world. And will you recognise the risk at the beginning of Advent as we're going uh, towards Christmas? Do you see the huge risk that God took for you? Why did he do it? It's really simple, because he loves you, and he longs for you to know and love him back. 